a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to today's episode of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, your host extraordinaire. Is that too? Is that that's too much, right? Let me dial it down. I have the humble honor of hosting this program here on KSL News Radio. Uh, I feel terrible. I went too far in that last segment, right? Making fun of that state flag. Uh, it has been involved in some of the most solemn and somber ceremonies across this state for years and years uh, into the past, and I was I was making fun of it, saying its time has come and gone. It's time for a new one. Uh, well, uh, interesting conversation in the commercial break about family crests. Uh, Boyd Matheson, who joins me here in studio now, he wears one on his ring finger. Uh, absolutely fascinating. Uh, someday I'm going to track down uh, my own. I'm not sure where I look for that exactly, but uh, I'll, I'll find The interwebs it. will have yeah. it for you, Lee, I promise. My, my very own personal flag. Uh, now, the reason uh, I've invited uh, Boyd Matheson, expert host of Inside Sources, opinion editor of the Deseret News, good friend of mine, great for behind-the-scenes chats uh, where he and I uh, kind of... Uh, chew the whatever you chew and go back and forth <laughs> <laughs> on these issues. We this morning started the day talking about uh, Elizabeth Warren and a big yeah. new bit of news uh, that she has withdrawn from the race. Now, we've seen a few withdrawals in, in the past few weeks, and we've seen uh, a sort of uh, modus operandi develop. Uh, when Mayor Pete Buttigieg uh, withdrew from the race, he the next day went uh, down to Texas and endorsed a candidate. When A.B. Klobuchar, uh, here moments after she appeared before, a group of supporters here uh, in Utah at the depot. You remember last time I was at the depot, it was for a Neil Diamond cover band. Uh, Well, she was addressing her supporters there, uh, and she got on a plane, uh, and on her way out of town, let it be known that she was no longer in the race. But then she, the next day, alongside uh, Mayor Pete and Beto O'Rourke, made it known that she was endorsing. Well, we don't yet have that element of the puzzle or that piece of the puzzle uh, in the way that Elizabeth Warren is playing this game. We don't know uh, with whom she's with whom she uh, will align herself going forward in this race. Uh, and let me ask you very simply, why is that? I, I think Elizabeth Warren, uh, Elizabeth Warren is a planner. I mean, her whole campaign was based on I got a plan for that. And I think she's trying to figure out she really didn't have in mind a plan for exiting early. Uh, and so I don't think she has really thought through what does that really mean. Uh, and I'm sure that if uh, she probably had to turn her cell phone off, uh, not because of media requests for comment about her withdrawing from the race, but Bernie and Joe Biden constantly dialing her right, <laughs> to have the conversation about, hey, you're going to endorse me, right? Uh, so obviously, philosophically, she probably aligns uh, far better with with Bernie Sanders, um, although uh, as a legislative wonk, I think she respects what Joe Biden brings to the table in terms of getting things done, building coalitions and so on. Uh, so she has some really interesting uh, decisions to make. I'm sure both of them are going to pitch 
all kinds of uh, interesting scenarios and ideas uh, in the days ahead. But I, I do I do think it's a good thing. I, I'm glad she's not endorsing someone immediately. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think that too often that it just smells like a deal. Yeah. Um, and I think you're better off to say, you know what? I'm going to think about it for a couple of days and, and let everything settle a little bit. And actually, again, strategic communication-wise, uh, sure. you know this. It's like you can get two bites at the apple. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can get one cycle, and then you come back and you go for another. And so I think strategically it's probably a good thing for her to do as well. I'm not sure there's any move that she could make at this stage that wouldn't lead us to believe that there's some sort of deal-making in <laughs> probably, the background. Yeah. Uh, if she does it immediately, oh, it's pre-planned. If she waits a little bit, she was just waiting for the best deal. Yeah. Uh, it's tough to make a case that uh, that she that this is altruistic. Uh, listen, I want to talk about the pitches that could be made to her by the two front-running candidates first. Yeah. But uh, before we get there, uh, Gustavo just helped me out and has a little bit of audio here. Uh, Elizabeth Warren was approached by reporters just outside her house uh, today. Here's what she had to say. I will not be running for president in 2020, but I guarantee I will stay in the fight for the hardworking folks across this country who have gotten the short end of the stick over and over. That's been the fight of my life, and it will continue to be so. And I wonder what Senator the message would be to the women and girls who feel like we're left with two white men to decide between. I know. One of the hardest parts of this is all those picky promises and all those little girls who are going to have to wait four more years. Um, that's going to be hard. Senator, 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 Senator Warren, will you be making an endorsement oh. today? We know that you spoke with both Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders uh-huh. yesterday. Uh, not today. You know, I was told at the beginning of this whole undertaking that there are two lanes, a progressive lane that Bernie Sanders is the incumbent for and a moderate lane that Joe Biden is the incumbent for. And there's no room for anyone else in this. I thought that wasn't right, but evidently I was wrong. I mean, she eventually got to the point, right? Uh, Eventually she came to understand the reality. Yeah. The Democratic Party is fractured right now, but Mm -hmm. in two. In Twain, uh, in t- <laughs> so poorly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, th- there are uh, there is the progressive wing, and then there is the moderate, more establishment wing, and yeah. there could be no better representatives of those two wings now of the Democratic Party than uh, Joe Biden and uh, Bernie Sanders. Let me ask you this: what What is the convincing pitch that either one of them could make to uh, Senator Sanders, Senator Warren? So I, I think Senator Warren's going to get the pitch, obviously, from Bernie Sanders, because Bernie is on this kick that the only way to defeat Donald Trump is to just change the electorate, bring all of these new people in. He, he hasn't been able to do it thus far in the election, uh, but he's going to say, Elizabeth Warren, if you come with me, we can do that. We can create that kind of revolution. We can't let the establishment uh, elites continue to drive the party because we're not winning, blah, blah, blah. That's going to be uh, Bernie's pitch. Uh, I think uh, the pitch that will come from the Biden camp will be, look, you be the you be our policy person. You drive the plans. The president will set the agenda and the vision uh, and play that role. Uh, but you drive the policy because that is the role of the vice president, work with the Senate, interact with Congress. Uh, and so I think there's a, a pretty compelling pitch to be made on on both sides. I think one of the interesting things, though, is most people are just assuming that all of her supporters are going to go to to Bernie Sanders. And I just I don't think that's right. I, I convince me of that because that's my assumption. I think back to Las Vegas and she's straight out of the gate. The first opportunity she had was not in promoting herself, but praising uh, her opponent, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I, I think the the one part of her base of her base, not the, the left base of the Democratic Party, but Elizabeth right. Warren's base is college ed- educated women uh, who are much more inclined to go to Joe Biden 
than they are to go to Bernie Sanders. And so I think that's going to be the the narrow niche sure. uh, of the electorate that I think is going to be interesting to see in Michigan and in Idaho and Washington. Uh, I mean, Tuesday's not that far away. Six more primaries yeah, on Tuesday. I know your eyes, to, your eyes just again? glass. Yeah. Are we're we doing, we're we're doing, doing special coverage? Again. You and I are going to be back here until 9, 10 o'clock at night again? Forever and ever. And, and I do want to hit, you know, the, sure, when, when she said there in that interview, which I love that she did it outside her home, just the way she started her campaign, came full circle. I like that. Uh, and I like the fact that when she was asked the obvious question of, oh, there's no more women in the race and, and tried to go there, she went to what she called her pinky promise mm. with those little girls. And I've watched her do that as a candidate for Senate. Yeah. Uh, and it is magic. It is not the Elizabeth Warren that's fiery and shredding people and, and angry and frustrated and, and doing all those things that she had to do on stage in a sure. debate. But she would look those little girls in the eye and say, hi, I'm Elizabeth Warren, and I'm running for president because that's what girls do. And it is a magical mm. moment. And I, I appreciate the fact that she went back to that because that's a side of Elizabeth Warren. I think had she shown more of, we'd be having a different conversation today. That's good insight. Uh, Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources, opinion editor at the Deseret News, good friend of mine, expert on all things politics and otherwise. Thank you for your time. We'll be back. Next up, we're going to be speaking about a fascinating reality. You know, we've been talking about Democrats a whole lot. Well, you know, Trump really won Super Tuesday here in the state of Utah. We're going to get into those numbers and why it's the case next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.